Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. Okay, we're talking about transhuman. That'd be human 2.0. And I'll tell you what, it's fast and furious uh, that we're moving towards this and a very, very near future where human beings are going to be merged with software and merged with electronic machines, merged with chips, being able to heal depression, anxiety, all kinds of mental health issues with a chip, be able to balance ourselves uh, as far as our medical is concerned, to not have to depend on medications, but have to have a microchip that may help us for that. It's just amazing that people have been exploring this very seriously for more than two to three decades. And uh, this is something that is uh, basically an interdisciplinary approach to understanding and evaluating the opportunities for enhancing our human condition as it is and the human organism. And it's opened up uh, this, this advancement of technology. And so a lot of attention through transhumanism is to uh, give to both present technologies like genetic engineering, information technology, anticipated future technology, molecular, uh, molecular nanotechnology, artificial intelligence. All of that is factoring into what's becoming Oh, the idea of being a transhuman and the advancement of options being is being discussed to include like a, a radical extension of human lifespan uh, and er eradication of disease, elimination of unnecessary suffering, the augmentation of human intel intelligence, uh, physical intelligence, emotional capacities. And so these transhumanist people view human nature as a work of progress, a half-baked beginning that we can learn to remold in whatever desirable ways we wish. And so, you know, current humanity uh, is not necessarily the endpoint in evolution. The transhumanists hope that to, to, to be responsible for the use of science and technology and other rational means, we shall eventually manage to become post-human beings with vastly greater capacities than present human beings have. And from their perspective, we will be able to enhance our brains by merging them with electronic machines and software. We'll be able to enhance our physical abilities, perhaps treat injuries, illnesses, uh, you know, may be able to even heal spinal cord injuries and will be enabled to do superhuman athletic feats, such as running a sprint for 15 minutes or, or sitting at the bottom of the pool for hours, um, uh, which basically would be with reciprocites, which are uh, robotic red blood cells. And, and there's a great potential here, according to people working in the field, that they, they could swim for hours. And, and so, you know, there's all these possibilities that the transhumans are very, uh, humanists are very excited about. But at the same time, we have to match that up to, with the idea, do we want to be our own God? And that's really somewhat of what this comes down to. There's also potential grave dangers that are raised by some of the technologies, which, which uh, you know, uh, may lead to the extension, uh, the extension of human beings as we are off of this planet. 
There's also the idea that we may be able to live on other planets by becoming transhuman, by merging ourselves with all this technology. And, and by doing that, uh, there's even speculation that by 2030, which is coming very soon, by 2030, it's possible that transhumans will be common or at least a form of transhumanism. And, and you know, it often seems that t technical advances predict the increased autonomy, but actually sometimes they thwart it. And, and, and we have to wonder what that impact is going to be on us as human beings. But I'm going to tell you it's coming and it's going to come fast and it's going to come in our lifetime. And we as people have to be prepared for the idea that we're going to moralistically have to understand what kind of values, what kind of experience and what kind of depth does a human being want to dive into becoming transhuman. But it's, it's you know the, the the transhumanism is loosely defined by a movement that has developed gradually, like I said, over the past few decades, and it, it promotes this interdisciplinary understanding and evaluating opportunities to, to basically it has good intentions to enhance the human condition and enhance the human organism and open up the advancement of technology. And the attention is given to both present technologies like genetic engineering and, and information technology and all that other stuff. And the enhancement options uh, uh, usually uh, include a radical uh, uh, understanding of our life and what our possibilities are. And, and so there's a lot of steps that people take to really use uh, secular humanistic thinking in a more radical term by moving it towards how we can solve our human problems, how our human health, our human life condition, our human uh, physical condition, all of that in being enhanced. And so they're coming from a very uh, understanding place with good intentions. But we as human beings have to understand that our limitations are what teach us. You know, the range of thoughts and feelings, experiences, activities accessible to human organisms is, is it, it, it's only a tiny part of what's possible. There's no reason to think that the human mode of being is any more free of limitations imposed by our biological nature than those of other animals. But in much the same way, you know, other animals do not have the cognitive wherewithal to do what we're talking about doing, which is to transition us into more machine-oriented people. What would happen with our emotional climate? What would happen with our emotions as a motivator? You know, that's what emotions do. They're meant to motivate. And so we, if we start to regulate our emotions based on a microchip, we might find ourselves losing our humanism, losing our empathy, losing our thoughts, our concerns, our aspirations, our social relations, because we may come from a good intention of becoming transhuman, but if that transhuman lacks the human capacity to have empathy or compassion, all of a sudden that transhumanism can move to something far worse and far much about our darker side of functionality and of selfishness. And so what we have to understand is this whole hum transhumanism is coming faster than the human being is evolving. And so if it outruns us, it may overtake us as humans, and then we may become extinct. You know, uh, uh, with our own current mode of being, spans but a, 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 a very little subspace in life. 
But, you know, it's not far-fetched to suppose that there are parts of this larger space that represent extremely valuable ways of living, relating, feeling, and thinking. You know, the limitations of our humanness is, is, is so pervasive and familiar that we often fail to notice and question what requires uh, almost childlike naivete. And, and let's consider that childlike naivete, that ability to ask questions, can be a really good part of us being humans. But, you know, the, the whole thing of transhumanism is they want to enhance our lifespan. They want to, uh, 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 instead of having s s uh, seven to eight decades, they, from their perspective, they would like us to more live like tortoises, you know, 200, 300, 400 years. And we don't have to use uh, geological or cosmological comparisons to highlight the, the meagerness of our, our time and on life because we have such limited time in this life. But to get a sense of why it might be missing out, we may be missing out on greater wisdom. And greater wisdom may be something that a transhuman would want to have, where we have a much greater span of life that allows us to have experiential learning, that allows us to have more scientific learning, and allows us to join ourselves more with the universe and survive beyond the Earth. You know... <clears throat> Our human character is cut short by aging and death, and maybe that's just the way it's supposed to be. And I would quite think that it probably is supposed to be that way, that maybe we evolve in our lifetime, and then maybe our spirit evolves in our lifetime, and then it comes back and joins us in a, in a more, uh, in a different way. We never know. You never know. I mean, I'm, me personally, I'm a Christian. I believe in heaven, but I also understand there's parts of the Bible where we may actually regenerate uh, back on earth and come back into uh, another life and then uh, evolve from there and evolve and evolve. You never know. We don't have all the answers, we as human beings, but what we're finding is with this transhumanism, is we're trying to improve the human being. And that can lead, these transhumanists, that can really lead to some very interesting pockets of thought. You know, our, it would be great if all of us could enhance our intellectual capacity just by inserting a, a, a smart chip into our brain and actually giving us the intelligence instead of us having to learn it. Wouldn't that be a crazy you know, thing to do? Yeah, that would be a wonderful thing to do. But at the same time, at what danger does that give us? You know, our, our brains may cap our ability to discover philosophical or scientific truths that maybe that microchip would be able to give us. You know, is that exciting? Well, yeah, that is an exciting thought. That is an interesting thought that we could actually enhance what we have. Or maybe if we're a medical doctor, we become a transhuman medical doctor, and all of a sudden we have the capacity to think way beyond our current medical field. Maybe we could take on COVID, maybe we could take on a lot of things and solve a lot of problems uh, that we normally would not do in this life. Also, body functionality is another goal that people have in the transhuman thing, where we uh, get a better immune system than getting vaccines and we enhance our bodies to protect us from disease we monitor our bodies with a, a microchip to be able to understand if we're getting uh, a life-threatening illness or anything like that and it's a more radical kind of upgrade that might be possible if we have a a, a, a computer view of the mind that may be possible to upload the human mind into a computer replicate it 
uh, and then uh, uh, process it and maybe even steady out our brain to where we don't have depression, anxiety, uh, uh, OCD, don't have mental retardation, don't have schizophrenia, don't have to have bipolar, have things to, to be able to manage our lives to have a richer, fuller life. Also, health, mental health, and health as to what to eat and what not to eat. What if they install a computer chip that destroys cholesterol or that doesn't allow us to eat things that have cholesterol in it? You know, what, there's all kinds of things that could happen in this kind of transhuman thinking. But that stuff, folks, is coming. It's coming. It's coming. And I know we don't talk about it a whole lot, but it is there, and there are people out there trying to evolve that technology into our lives today. Um, you know, our, our uh, sensory modalities may change. Maybe we'll get enhanced smell, get enhanced taste. Maybe we'll get enhanced hearing. You know, maybe we'll be able to, uh, to feel uh, things different. Maybe our eyesight will never need glasses. Um, these kind of things are what they also are taking on in the idea of being a transhuman. Also, energy and our mood, our self-control. You know, despite our efforts, we often fail to feel as happy as we'd like. Our chronic levels of subjective uh, living may be too largely a genetic problem. And so, voila, they could microchip you and all of a sudden you're no longer living in depression. Maybe you have better energy. Maybe you have better self-control. See, we no longer would need uh, emotions to motivate us. We'd actually have a microchip that motivates us. You know, some, some kind of people, if you're too fat, you know, maybe there's a microchip to help you with weight control. You know, that's what transhumanism is going down this road to solve. And the core value is that there are greater values than we can actually currently even think of in our current state of existence because they are not defined in our current life. We do not understand what transhumanism will bring to us until it brings it to us. And so there's good and bad in everything. But we as people have to understand that, that this thought of what to do with transhumanism is more what we need to be thinking about than the idea that is there going to be transhumanism? You know, uh, there may be values that we may currently want or even uh, currently want to do away with. Uh, maybe there's selfishness that we don't want. Maybe that can be dealt with. Maybe values pertaining to, to uh, our existence, uh, how we respond to each other, how we deal with each other, maybe bullying is out the door. You know, that's that's the kind of stuff that uh, maybe criminals out the door, maybe prejudice out the door with transhuman. These are factors that they're all taking on. And yes, they all sound really good. They sound really good. But what will happen with the current state of the human being as it is? And will transhumanism overtake us? I think personally, it will. I think if we invest ourselves in transhumanism, it will take over. And that will be the species that moves on into outer space, moves on to, into life on Earth, and it, it moves on into our government. It moves on into every aspect of our life. And unfortunately, we are at the point of the convergence of ourselves 
and machines. And so thinking about the show, it's, it's given me a whole lot of fear, but it's also given me a whole lot of enlightenment of understanding of how we have to realize the basic condition of what this is going to do, because we're not going to be able to envision a transhuman outcome as human beings. Only transhumans will be able to envision outcomes as transhumans. And so, you know, this grand vision is really important to take seriously. What's needed is the realization that transhumanist dream is what technologically means is necessary for venturing into post-human space, made available for, for us to want to go to other planets and our society to be organized in such a manner that those explorations can be undertaken without causing unacceptable damage to us as human beings or our social fabric or impose unacceptable existential risks. The transhuman will actually narrow risk enormously in our life. And so we have to also understand that it may actually solve global security. You know, while disasters and setbacks are inevitable, the implementation of transhumanist projection uh, may actually take over our governments and we may develop what's called a world economy. You know, there is a risk and it's existential risk where adverse outcomes would either annihilate Earth originating intelligent life or permanently and drastically curtail our potentials as human beings. Are we going to be the next dinosaur? We don't know. We don't know. And that's scary. So we're going to take more look at the uh, exposure to transhumanism, and then we're going to discuss what it looks like in the future. And we're going to discuss uh, all kinds of good information about understanding it. I'm not endorsing it, just trying to understand it. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Things Worth Considering, featuring host Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis, is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore who we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. 
Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, here we are. Here we are talking about transhumanism. Human 2.0, basically. You know, the, the here's the thing about, that's desirable about transhumanism, at least from their perspective. You know, there all of our biological shortcomings like aging, disease, feeble memories, intellects, limited emotional uh, rep- uh, repertoire, you know, inadequate capacity for sane well-being, uh, trust, <laughs> all these basic things could be overcome with transhumanism. They can be improved on. They can be involved, uh, evolved. And, and that can be a very important tool. And it's a really big challenge challenge for the collective problem-solving capacities of our species because we as people come in all different kinds of flavors and this kind of transhumanism basically levels us out and can make us be uh, more thoughtful uh, people in society where we have a very defined space that we handle as human beings in, in society where we actually have very deliberate roles that are given to us as people rather than as we evolve and develop and come to in our own capacity. You know, uh, transhumanism also is linked to uh, economic development, economic growth, um, also uh, productivity growth, and and, and looking at uh, technological progresses. We will progress as our technology progresses. And, and that's, you know, a very imperfect measure, but it's very relevant. And uh, here we are. Here we are right on the tip of this thing, but not very many people are out there talking about it. You know, the, the if you think about how quickly our society has evolved, how quickly social media has evolved, how quickly our government has changed, how quickly things are moving these days, we have to understand that this transhumanism thing may come before we ever even give it a serious thought. And it will likely scare the crap out of every human being out there because we know that a transhuman is probably something more powerful than we are as humans which would leave ourselves behind and it's sad to think that we as humans would be creating transhumans but that's what the goal is and we have to understand that we're creating a better species and a bigger species than us that has much bigger capacity than we do as people and so 
that's the scary part, folks. We're basically inventing our own rulers. And and so that's where society, we're going to have to come to some kind of historical understanding of what role will transhuman play in us. Because that also involves genetic engineering, meaning that mentally retarded children may not be born or Down syndrome children may not be born. They may be uh, looked on in a different way or maybe they'll have to be uh, molecularly transposed into something that they're not. You know, what do we do with that? What do we do with that? You know, there, there's a, a, a post-human realm that is out there and about to be explored. And it's preparing us for not only living on the planet Earth, but living in the universe itself. We becoming the alien in the universe. And, um, you know, there's also a, a moral urgency for the transhuman vision. You know, wide access does not ar uh, argue for holding back. On the, on the contrary, other things being equal, it's an argument for moving forward as quickly as possible. If you think about third world countries, this does away with them. If you think about economy and people all being able to live together in a balanced economy and in a balanced life, this does away with all of that. Because if you can increase a person's intellect through a computer chip, through a, uh, through a computer itself, and merging a mind with that kind of technology, you're going to instantly find these kind of third world countries evolving into first world countries and the world becoming a much smarter place and maybe even a more peaceful place. But, uh, you know, we have to understand also, you know, doing away with COVID, doing away with that kind of stuff, doing away with having to deal with, with being needing to be vaccinated. That would be an incredible thing in itself. But once again, you have to wonder, where does it lead us? Where does it lead us? And that discussion is yet to be had. You know, the, the, the fact that we would be replaced by, you know, six billion newly created similar people who have a much greater capacity than us, that tribe is likely going to win quickly. You know, and so we, there's a number of uh, uh, values that translate to the transhuman vision into practice. You know, some of these may be, you know, justifiable and some of them may be not. But, uh, you know, to start with, the transhumanists typically place emphasis on individual freedom, individual choice in the, in the area of enhanced technologies. Humans differ widely on their con concepts of, of their own perfection or improvement would consist of, but some want to develop one direction, others different directions, and some prefer to stay the way we are. But, you know, it would neither be morally unacceptable for anybody to, to impose a single standard, which we'd all have to conform. People have the right to choose which enhancement technologies, if any, that they would want to use. And that comes from a transhuman perspective, that we do not lose our freedom, that we do have individual choices. The problem is, is that we're forced to make those choices if we're going to adapt to a new life. And those choices, integrating our human uh, life with a computer, uh, could be extremely scary and extremely weird. And how much control would that computer have over us eventually? How much control do we give transhuman? You know, another transhuman priority is to put ourselves in a better position to make wise choices about where we're going. We will need the wisdom 
we can get outside of negotiating with human beings, with transhumanists, they place a high value on improvements in our individual and collective powers of understanding and our ability to implement responsible decisions and a collective that we might get smarter and more informed through the means of scientific research, public debate and open discussion of the future, information markets, collaborative information, all that stuff gets put together. And this is a big discussion. And given the limitations of our current wisdom, uh, you know, there, there's a, a, a tentativeness that needs to come with this, along with the readiness to continually reassess our assumptions as more information becomes available for transhuman technology. You know, global security can be improved by improving international peace and cooperation by strongly counteracting the proliferation of weapons and mass destruction. You know, I was talking earlier to somebody today, I can't remember who said this quote, but it's very important to understand that if you want to encapture human history in its basic form, human history is war surrounded by utter boredom. That's, that's human history. <laughs> With this kind of thought process, we're not talking about war surrounded by utter boredom. We're talking about the evolution of the human spirit, the human being, the human body. That all can be a very powerful thing, and it can also be a very scary thing because it leads to us, once again, being our own God. You know, but it's, it's appetizing to think about reverse aging. Uh, cryonic suspension of, of the dead should be made available so that when transhuman is there in their minds, the, the, the person that is already frozen can made can be brought to come back to life. You know, what could you what if you could bring Walt Disney back to life? What if you could bring some of these incredible human beings that have lived back to life and actually give them more life? You know, and that's the goal. You know, being human means striving to new advances in science and technology for the good of all people and for all the unfortunate conditions that we may encounter. But having you no know, mental health issues would solve a whole lot of problems around the world. And this is a topic which needs to be discussed by uh, segment to segment. Physical health would improve tremendously and those suffering from comorbid mental health issues and physical health, that could be incredibly uh, solved. And, and also, in, in truth, mental health should be the number one thing that is solved by transhuman first and foremost. You know, there, there's a lot of people who have difficult and painful chronic physical illnesses. However, they manage to stay positive and happy throughout their life. But there are many people who are physically healthy, yet um, spend their lives just waiting for it to end. And this is not a good argument. You know, transhuman is trying to, from that perspective, they're basically trying to get us into the mindset of not fearing death, of actually looking forward to life. You know, um, <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff that can be done with science that could help us and really make us do better. You know, having deep brain stimulation implants can make progress for treatments for depression. That's being done today, by the way. You know, what would it be like to live through our own species evolution? You know, the biological process of natural selection that gave us rise on Earth and then it's overturned by a species developed by our species. You know, what would, what would be like to significantly upgrade humanity in a manner of decades or even a few years? You know, what would that look like? And do we want that? 
You know, the idea of altering or argument or augmenting the body through technology is old as humanity itself. But from the moment humans first fashioned tools and learned to harness fire, humanity stepped beyond its biological constraints. We are at that breaking point where now we are integrating technology into our humanness. You know, our, our evolution may uh, 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 have uh, gave wolves a fierce set of teeth and the cheetahs unmatched speeds and evolution gave humanity the most sophisticated in, in intellect of any animal on the planet. And humans have been using this intellect to overcome their biological deficits. And so, yes, now we're doing neuroplasty plug and play for our brains. That's where we're headed is, is that it's possible because of neuroplasty, the capacity for neurons in the brain to make new connections and reconfigure their network, it's a response to new stimulus, new information, trauma or dysfunction. These new skills help us evolve and that's exactly where transhumanism is, is taking advantage of that technology. You know, we see with our brains, not our eyes. You know, when we think of the world, the reality of the world out there, our reality is just the reality that our little brains have. That's the reality we live in, is where our brains think that we have the insight, the truth, all that stuff. That's our reality, and that's where we live. And we have to understand that as human beings, we have to find out what the reality of is with the people that we spend time with, that we vest in, the people that we rely upon. We have to understand some form of how they think in order to understand uh, uh, how we think. And, and so we dig that off of each other. But here, when you're talking about uh, transhumanism, you're talking about instantaneous understanding where one brain may be able to wave into another brain without even speaking, that where they may be able to communicate with each other without even hearing or touching or smelling. There may just be a, a, an electrical stimulus between two brains where they connect and, and telepathically understand each other deeply, more deeply than we could ever understand each other verbally. And so, you know, the, the essence is really uh, incredible when you think of where this is going. You know, the idea of cyborgs running around uh, uh, like in the 80s when we're watching movies where they were kind of running the show. Well, that may be the case. That may, been, that may have been the insight that we needed to understand is on the horizon. You know, there, there's, uh, we, are, we are actually, as, as humans, we are our weakest link. And it's surprising that we would actually create something that would destroy us as human beings, just like we created the atom bomb. And just because like we created nuclear bombs, we create things that will destroy us. It's amazing. Transhuman is just another thing that will help us just like those weapons, but it also can destroy us. And so it's amazing how we as people tend to self-defeat and that's something that's in our nature. You know, as, as, as computer technologies advance, along with uh, biotechnologies, there's a growing convergence between those two. And that can open the door to linking your mind directly to a, uh, a greater learning, overcoming neurological conditions, or, or just use the Internet. You may be able to just plug into the Internet with your brain. It's amazing. 
you know, as as we come in these these very short years that we're looking at, there's going to be more advanced computer technologies, and that's going to shrink in size. And as those technologies shrink, they're going to be able to be eventually implanted in our brain. And at some point, there's a, uh, there's going to be essential questions that every person uh, grapples with. What does it mean to be a human being? And, and, and evolution, evolution gave us the brain, which has given us technologies like flint tools, the wheel, clothing that, that enable us and ourselves in our past uh, through our biological limitations and uh, the artificial eyes. Is that any different? Are we, are we less human for using an arrow uh, to kill a deer rather than our bare hands? You know, who gets to decide? Some critics argue that, that uh, transhumanists propose rejecting human advancement through augmentation and entirely and wholeheartedly embracing everything the transhuman movement represents is, is, a, is a false dichotomy, basically. And we have to understand that uh, there, there's a necessary discussion that we as a society have to have on this topic because it's not stopping. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And we have to begin to understand that it is basically going to be embraced by most scientists, it's going to be embraced by a lot of smart people. It's going to be embraced by politicians. It's going to be embraced by people that don't know any better. But And everybody wants something good at it. But it really needs to be debated. It needs to be understood from that capacity. You know, in recent years, there's, there's advances in technology, you know, biochemistry. You know, all that stuff is, is, is really, really coming down the road. And we have to understand as people that, that we have to debate the moral aspect of this and what this is lead to us in the future. You know, uh, um, if we look at uh, also the idea of our conception of the body considered from the perspective of complex thinking, how will our bodies look? How do we want our bodies to look? What's going to happen to our bodies? Will they stay the same? Will they function differently? How will they function differently? Will we be the lead for the technology or will the not technology overrule our lead and convert us completely as the, as the creatures that we are? These are all questions that we have to ask ourselves. And I know it's a big, big topic, but it's a really interesting topic. And it's a really scary topic from the idea that that is something that we have to come to grips with in this lifetime. This isn't Darwinism. It's transhumanism. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, it's got a lot of also religious argument to it. All right, so we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the realism of this. And we're going to talk about the technologies. And we're going to talk about topics that we should be discussing with each other. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com. 
or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. The Lord Jesus Christ presents a doctrine through the Apostle Paul for us so that we might teach the word to others. Hear and interpret these words of wisdom each week on the radio program Why Paul? With hosts Michael and Michelle Mix, David Reed, and Pamela Lampton through their ministry, 14th Street Ministries. Michael, Michelle, and Pamela are dedicated to sharing these words with you so that you might pass it along to others. Listen every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. You know, the term transhumanism, which is what we're talking about, the human 2.0, it's, it was introduced by Julian Huxley in, in 1957. And he, he discussed the possibility of human beings transcending their very limited biological condition by, you know, taking advantage of uh, emerging technologies. However, you know, it really does date back to classical antiquity, because if you think about it, there's always been the search for the fountain of youth, the elixir of life, you know, the other myths demonstrate the desire to overcome human biological uh, finalities is, is almost inherent in our species. And the human desire to acquire new capacities is as ancient as our species itself. So we've always sought to expand the boundaries of our existence you know, be it socially, gra- uh, geographically, mentally, there's been a tendency to, to, for, for people to always search for a way around every obstacle and limitation to human life and happiness. And so from a transhumanist perspective, it's seen as a constant search for biological rearrangement of our human species dissatisfied in the face of our own limitations. What if we can become physically beautiful? What if we can also overcome our sexual issues? What if we also can steady out our sexual issues? What if we, what what would happen to us as human beings in a transhuman society from a sexuality perspective? What would our attractions look like? How would our attractions come about? What would be our process of attraction? What would be our process of self-transformation? And our intelligent technologies. What would this do to marriage? What would this do to having children? We don't know. 
You know, it's a loosely defined movement that is developed, but it's moving like like a horse race. It's it's moving quickly. And it really promotes an interdisciplinary approach to understanding and evaluating and enhancing our human condition. And, and it's a perspective should be understood as, as a characteristic of our human beingness. This is what we do as humans. We evolve and this might be likely be our next step, you know, converging into becoming supercomputers as people and having our humanness as people. But which is going to lead? Which is going to be the in control? We don't know. Humans have good motives and bad motives. So we have no idea where this intelligent will go. Will this make you the greatest robber in the world? Will it make this the greatest serial killer ever, ever created? You know, do we want the human being to be in control of a transhuman being? Or do we want the transhuman to be in control? Because they may be more dependable and less emotional and less motive-based in a negative way. We don't know. But we really have to start thinking about this. And, uh, you know, transhumanism has a lot of uh, secular humanist thinking roots. It's more radical that it promotes not only traditional means of improving our nature, improving our thinking, improving our moods, our education, our cultural refinement, but also it's an application of medicine and technology to overcome some of our most basic biological limits. What if it could turn you into Superman? What would it do to be a transhuman? Would you know? Would you no longer need to be an alcoholic? Would you no longer need to be a drug addict? What kind of stimulation would you seek after if you're a transhuman? Maybe that would solve something. Maybe that would improve our life. Maybe we would no longer have to have opiates and things like that that we get addicted to. Would that be interesting? Would that be powerful? What would that do to the global economy? What would that do to drug dealers? You know, we all have to ask these questions of what this will do to our society to become transhuman, become merged with machines and software and technology and nanotechnology. Wow. Wow. That's a big one. You know, the moral condition of being human is that we're poorly equipped to deal with new technological and social emerging stuff. We're good at building social technology. We're good at building technology, creating new technology, innovating technology. We're really good at that. The problem is we don't think about where it's going to take us. And that is the moral condition that always has to be considered in this in this thought process. You know, what are our capabilities of our human body? Could we go a lot farther? What would sports and athletes look like if they didn't have to be injured or if they were injured, they could be fixed? What, what, would, what would happen with that? You know, what would happen with athletes if they become more superhuman? What would our sports be like? Would we have war? What would that look like? I mean, we have to look at all these scenarios and it's big. It's a big, big thought. You know, what is a body, by the way, our body, you know, <laughs> they're, 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 uh, Norm Chomsky in the New Horizons and the study of language and mind argued that, that more than more is known about the nature of the mind than the nature of the body. And his view on the living body suggests that there's a gap in the way we treat and investigate the complexity of our intricacies. And, and from his perspective, Chomsky um, it seems to be to underestimate by transhumanists who main research is founded in, in, in genetic engineering and artificial intelligence. 
Uh, genetic engineering brings together a field of research related to modifications and interventions that can be implemented using living human beings, like DNA can be engineered and cloning. And, and then there's other interventions that they have the support of uh, computational techniques that develop through artificial intelligence. And this is, in, in Chomsky's perspective, genetic engineering is defined as a artificial manipulation modification in combination of DNA or other nucleic acid molecules in order to modify an organism or a population of organisms. So these practices have been in place for well over 20 to 30 years and, and we, we have cloned animals out there left and right that we don't even realize you know people are cloning their dogs um, people will clone their people eventually and that may happen it may actually do and it does happen it may be something that's already in place that we don't even know about we don't know where this is all going to go but it's going to pop and when it pops uh, it's going to become very popular and it's going to become very unpopular, and it's going to have many ups and downs, and it's going to vastly change the future of the human being as is. Human beings 2.0 is what transhumanism is about, is not being where we are, but being well far beyond where we are. And from that perspective, they see us as being more safe. Transhumanists seeing, see us as being more modified, more intelligent, better health, longer life more purposeful life, more purposeful understanding, greater understanding of the universe, greater understanding of, of our, our earth, greater understanding of our eating, greater understanding of our health, greater understanding of our brain, all of that. And you know, the Human Genome Project was done almost 15 years ago, and it was infinitely complex. However, there's only 32 common genes that we all share. So the breakdown of those human genes is exactly what happened with the Genome Project, and that's already been done. So now they understand how our genes are built. So obviously we're getting into the newer days of when uh, now we're going to be rebuilt based on our genetic makeup. And eventually that's going to become the way of living. Also, transhumanists have a notion of a planned and manipulated human body. And they consider, consider us just a bundle of genetic information that can be transformed. And uh, that leaves a little space for consideration uh, of a person's identity, you know. And in summary, in addition to conceiving the human body through genetic engineering as a bundle of uh, genomic information to be manipulated, uh, the, mechanist, the mechanistic view of transhumanism is restricted to, not just restricted to the scope of the body, but the scope of the brain. Also, our sociality, our moral universes, our moral compasses may be able to be genetically engineered. And, and there is an indecisive, even our politics and our philosophies and our understandings of life may be challenged uh, based on transhumanism. You know, we understand that the propagation of transhumanist ideal concerning the possibility of, 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 of radical improvement of our human beings, but the prevention of aging and the extinction of suffering, that would be wonderful to have that. But is it wonderful to have that? And who should have it? And what will it look like to have it? And will it be a milked down version of the human being that is only vested in knowledge 
without the need for human emotion, what would happen with that? And what would we look like as creatures? Would we be good, bad, and different? How would we be? You know, the, the notion of, of moral improvement can be uh, looked at in emotional states through the uses of drugs. You know, according to the emotional improvement would, would result in moral attitudes that can be characterized by adequate or desirable. And what would be the non? You know, if you're going to handle mental health, what would be the non-essential uh, parts of a person that you would want to do with? Maybe their sense of violence. Maybe their sense of anger. Maybe their sense of trauma. Maybe their sense of betrayal. Maybe their criminality. Maybe their antisocialness. Maybe their psychoticness. Maybe maybe the psychopath. Maybe the sociopath. Maybe all that can be done away with. Maybe the narcissist can be done away with. Would we want that? Do we want that? Do we want those sets of problems to go away? I don't know. I don't know. But there's a lot of enthusiasm about the use of hormones also to manipulate emotional states. And that promotes changes in your moral attitudes. And it would be a uh, go-to beyond the investigation of effects caused by the use of synthetic drugs instead. So it's important to investigate uh, uh, possible origins of feelings considered as undesirable. Also, you have to look at the examples of using drugs to overcome feelings of strangeness or resentments or, or uh, postpartum depression. You know, there might be a biological dimension of a significant hormone change. Maybe empathy could be something that the transhuman gains as a, a part of who they are. We don't know. But but there's there's a whole lot of enthusiasm about that kind of stuff. And we really have to understand that this is a world that is beyond our thinking and maybe beyond our ability to fully grasp where it will take us as human beings. You know, the the identity of things that would have to be changed in our bodies could maybe change. You know, having heart disease may change. Having cancer may change. May The transhuman may overcome these things to where that's not a factor, where it's not a problem. You know, we, we, we'd have to look at, at this from a dualistic perspective of human and transhuman. Advantages, disadvantages. Do we merge technology? Do we merge ourselves with technology? Is that something we should? Well, from a religious standpoint, I can tell you that that will be an enormous argument, enormous argument, because that takes us into a non-God-oriented universe world thought. And that, as a human being, means that we lose one of the basic features that we as all human beings need, and that's the ability to learn to live in faith, to have faith in things that we do not understand, that we do not know what the answers are, that we are not in charge, we do not control. And now with transhuman, we're giving ourselves control of things we've never controlled before. And that is a scary thought, you know, because we as people have our bad sides and we have our good sides. And to put, well, we've not done such a great job as people. We have war and war and war. We have murder and horrible things that we overlook and allow. But so we have to really understand what would the capacity, what would be the moral value? What would be the conclusion of what is needed as a transhuman person? So that's our show. I'm trying, just trying to ignite thought here. I'd like to really thank you for listening. You know, I love hearing from you. And you can do that on our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, 
An apple a day keeps anyone away if you throw it hard enough. Also, when a woman asks what, it's not because she did not hear you. She's giving you a chance to recover from what you said. Also, an alarm clock's purpose is to make sure every morning starts with a heart attack. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 